Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. We're back at it again, and again, we're taking phone calls and meeting and greeting people, giving them a chance to express their feelings, their concerns about a lot of the things that have been unfolding here across our nation. Be it good or bad in their eyes, they want to talk, and we're opening up our microphones and letting them do it. Today on the phone, I'm glad to be speaking with a Jessica Shannon. She agreed to call and uh, talk, and we're going to see what's going on. Jess, you can say, is it Jess or Jessica? Which are you more comfortable with? Uh, most people call me Jessica. Most people. Okay, so we're going to call yep. you Jessica. We're going to stick with that. I don't, <laughs> All right. I don't want to make you upset right away, so <laughs> I'm going to keep you on the line so you don't hang up on me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've got Jessica on the phone. And Jessica's been following the events that have been unfolding, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of a conversation, Jessica, and we're going to give you the mic mostly and let you do all of the talking. But just run okay. us through your life. I mean, uh, you're living in Fort Wayne, and uh, your family, married, kids, and then we'll start slowly working our way up to what we're going to talk about. Go right ahead, Jessica. Okay, okay. So, not sure how much information you want, but... Um, so I'm originally from Fort Wayne. I actually graduated from Paul Harding High School in 1993 okay. and um, grew up in a middle class, very diverse neighborhood. And I give all the credit for that to my parents because they're from Decatur, Indiana, which is, you know, a, a town that was known to be racist and maybe had one black person in the whole town. So my parents, when they got married, moved to a, like I said, very diverse um, neighborhood and, mm -hmm. and raised me in that. And being at Harding, I had probably 50% um, white people and 50% black people. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the experience that I got from being raised in a diverse neighborhood as well as in a diverse high school it was awesome the the students there everyone was you know we were we were cool we hung out we were you know it, it, it we didn't look at okay who's black who's white we all came from the same neighborhoods and ran together and went to each other's houses so that's my upbringing fast forward um you know that was 27 years ago, I'll go ahead and show my age, but um, now I am married. I have two children. Mm -hmm. um, my son is 24 and my daughter's 20. Okay. And um, my husband is black and both of my children are biracial. Um, so that, you know, kind of, kind of gives a different perspective to me on the things that are going on right now in mm -hmm. our country and and the way that that I am watching them unfold and how it affects me and my family right well well let me ask you this prior to these events that have been happening and getting all these people calling and talking had you mm -hmm. noticed anything going on in your relationship your family because uh, mm -hmm. we never mentioned that you were white 
So now, okay. now we know that your okay. husband is black. You're white. Okay. okay. Did you yeah. Did you ever notice anything happening in your family prior to this? Oh, pr- prior to the George Floyd incident. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, most definitely. I mean, my son, um, being biracial, we actually uh, lived in New Haven, Indiana, for some time, and New Haven is a very um, uh, how do I want to say it's it's not a v- very diverse city. So um, the the police force and and everyone that's in power in New Haven are are white, mostly male. So I had the conversation with my son at I think he was thirteen, maybe fourteen, to talk to him about. Um, racism and what to do if if a cop approaches him and how he has to kind of um, carry himself differently when he's approached. So um, fast forward to the time that he was able to drive and got a driver's license and, uh, you know, started going to drive into school and driving places to hang out and things like that. He's been pulled over eight times. Wow. So, um, never arrested, never, you know, never charged with anything, but he's been pulled over eight times since 16. Right. When he was being Mm -hmm. pulled over, did he ever say why? I mean, was he driving Um, crazy or what? Um, one time they said that he turned too quickly. Another time they followed him to a friend's house and pulled right into the apartment complex and pulled up behind him with the lights on and said, what are you doing over here? And he said, I'm coming to visit a friend. And they asked for his ID, took him out of the car and, and all of that. Just, just because he was driving to his friend's house. Okay. Now I'm going to, I want to paint a picture just a little bit. When you say Mm -hmm. that your kids are biracial, yes. do they look more white or do they look more black? So, um, I would say they're, (laughs) they're middle of the ground. I mean, my, my son is, is pretty light skinned, but he's definitely, um, I mean, you, you can tell that he has color in him. So yeah. Not, not, Um, not just a suntan. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just yep. trying to picture for the officer, uh, you know, pulling them over. So mm-hmm. did your, your son has gone through getting pulled over. Does he talk about yes. this with you and All your the husband? Time. Okay. All the time. My son has a very negative view of the police and, and it's really a sad situation because I try to explain to him, you know, what he needs to do to not get shot and how to keep his hands visible and all of those things. But I also tell him that, look, the the cops have a, a very hard job to do, and we can't just automatically think that they are profiling you or being racist, because if you make a wrong turn or don't turn on your turn signal or something like that, they do have a right to pull you over and you just need to make it go as smooth as possible. But since he's been pulled over so many times mm-hmm. and the interactions that he has had with the police, his views are very, very negative, okay. which then scares me because now when he gets pulled over, how is he acting? Okay, right. he's acting suspicious. He's acting scared. So mm-hmm. those are the worries that I have for him. Right, Under, understandable. Now, 
your husband being a, a mm-hmm. male black, yes. how is he being involved in this conversation also? Okay, so my husband right now, um, we were married two years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're a blended blended family. My son, my, my ex-husband, you know, he has talks with with our son and I'm I'm not around when I hear those but my husband now has two black sons okay and they're full black so um yeah I mean he he sits the boys down and we have these conversations and you know um one of his sons goes or went to Homestead High School so um he experienced a lot of racism at that school because in fort wayne um, homestead doesn't have a lot of black kids that go there Mm -hmm. so it's it's my my son went to almost an all-black school his son went to an almost all-white school so we we like to talk to the kids together because i think all of our perspectives together, you know, turns out to be a good conversation. But um, his son, uh, he he hasn't had any experience with the the police. Um, Now he's in college in Chicago. But, um, you know, we we tell him what to do just in case he's pulled over or anything like that. Right. Now, you mean to tell me, his son is all black, and he's mm-hmm. never been involved with the police. But your son is mixed, and he some for some reason keeps getting pulled over by the police. Right, <laughs> and and you know, people say that it's the side of town because we live southwest, and his son um, was raised southwest in the Homestead district. My son was raised in new haven and the south side of fort wayne okay i got you so up until we got married two years ago that is where my stomping grounds were with my children okay so um you know it's it's sad to say i mean is it the the side of town that the police look at and say okay so um you know everybody over here we're just going to assume is doing something bad. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Okay, so I want to make sure we understand this. When you were living in the southwest part of town. Mm-hmm. That's there, where I live now. That's where you live now. Mm-hmm. Is he still getting pulled over in the southwest part of so town? Now, so so since I've gotten married, he has his own house. He, he works um, full-time at GM you know he bought his house mm-hmm. last year okay. he's um you know he's doing well but he's still afraid mm-hmm. to drive places and to be pulled over okay okay all righty now we didn't mention anything about your daughter but we can kind of see what is going on in mm-hmm. your life we can kind of see the anxieties that maybe your sons have of going mm-hmm. out and doing things mm-hmm. and then also what you feel when they do leave the house when they left exactly. the house driving okay yeah now yep. with the events that have been unfolding and mm-hmm. we're talking about what happened there in minneapolis and yes. everybody's watched it and everyone's talking about it mm-hmm. did you and your family talk about just the incident when it happened in minneapolis 
Yes. Okay. What was the conversation like? We watched the video together and, um, you know, it, it was sobering to do and very hard to do and, and, and very hurtful to watch. Um, my son, he, he, he couldn't watch anymore. He, he kind of, you know, walked away. Um, my husband and I had the, the conversation after the video. And I mean, just flabbergasted that this man is standing there with his hands in his pockets, with his knee on this man's neck, who's begging for his mother, begging for his life, and we watch him on video die in front of us, is, I I can't even put into words how horrific that is, and for this man to look in the camera while he's doing that, almost like, yeah, you you see what I'm doing, I got the power, you know, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> it, it's it was a very very hard video to watch mm-hmm. um you know the the conversation afterwards was what's going to happen now he needs to be arrested these other officers are complicit they need to be arrested too what's going to happen here so to hear charges were brought against the one officer um third degree murder I mean, that's a slap in the face to what we, America, watched this man do. Third-degree murder for a blatant murder of, he has trained people telling him, you're killing him, check his pulse, is he alive? His eyes are, are you know, closing in front of us, his nose is bleeding, you're killing him, this it's crazy. It's, I, I, I mean, like I said, I, I can't even put into words mm-hmm. how that feels for them to have a third-degree murder charge. Right. And, you know, it, will he even be convicted? I mean, that's, that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, protesters in Fort Wayne that did not get bail. They, they protested. Friday and Saturday night went to jail with no bail while this murderer is off at home. I mean, the very thing we're protesting for is I, I, I'm just baffled by right. it. Now, did you family members or friends attend the protest the first night, the first day? I did go down there on Friday. Yes. Okay. Kind of describe that. What did you, what did you feel? So, when I went, um, it was before the police got involved in all of that. And my thoughts were, I am so proud of these young millennials because that's mostly what we saw downtown. The um, you know the black and white millennials out there together protesting for the same thing. I was proud to see what i saw mm-hmm. um i i watched the news and i heard the stories and you know saw the things that occurred after that with the um 
the tear gas and then the breaking of the windows and and all of those things and and i think that the narrative has been flipped with the way that different people are viewing what really happened on um friday and saturday night in downtown fort wayne so you weren't there um when it started to get a little bit what everyone's no. saying out of hand okay right did you right. go by yourself or with friends uh my husband okay and yep. you guys left prior to all of that happening yes okay so when you watched it on the news or you got up the next morning and you saw mm -hmm. how this like you said the script has been flipped mm -hmm. how did you feel about that uh, angry I, I guess that's the word to describe it angry and you know i i watched live feeds of people who were there filming when um the tear gas came and this was before people started jumping on cars and windows were broke and all of that i i was angry and one of the main reasons that i was angry is because my white friends and family who never stood up and posted anything about George Floyd or his death or the murder of him are now very angry because stupid people are rioting in their words in Fort Wayne and, and um, destroying their community. Hmm. I was angry because where where was all of that anger that you're feeling now about these so-called riots when this man was murdered and, and i just wasn't seeing that from many and i'll say most of my white friends and family and it's sad okay i'm going to take a step back here when you married a, a mm -hmm. black gentleman mm -hmm. were they there my family yeah. um so my mom and dad are like the <laughs> the best parents anybody could ever ask for my dad actually is the um uh president of the chamber of commerce in new haven and okay. has on many occasions tried to kind of flip the narrative in new haven but um you know i come from uh, a family that's very accepting now on both sides of my mom and my dad they both have um people who don't understand they haven't been around black people so they you know have these preconceived notions and all of that so right. some of my family were there some weren't um you know and it is what it is. There's some family that, that won't talk to me, especially since this incident happened, because I make my views known that, you know what, racism is still alive and, and America is not okay. And if you can't see that, then we need to have a conversation. Let's talk about it. So, but, um, I'm sorry, but your family never commented about this gentleman being killed on tv by a police officer right. but these same family members commented about the behavior of the people downtown yes okay and now, and i'll take it a step further that when um colin kaepernick mm -hmm. started to 
protest uh, the NFL by kneeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I when I would go to um, Homestead football games because my stepson played for Homestead, I would kneel. I, I'm with Cap. I'm taking a, a stand against this. So I had a family member who I didn't even know I was friends with on Facebook, honestly, because I never talked to him. He um, He's an uncle, my dad's brother, and never, I, I guess we've been friends on Facebook for like five years, never congratulated me on starting a business, never said, oh, congratulations on getting married. Oh my gosh, your kids are getting big. None of that. But when I posted a, uh, I might have been a Nike ad or something, something about Kaepernick kneeling, uh-huh. he responded to that and said, your grandfather was a veteran and he would never be okay with the way that they're disrespecting the flag. And at, that was like a very wow moment for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to collect my thoughts before I um, responded to him, but (laughs) does he understand that it's not about the flag? He does not. Okay. No. Okay. We won't. He does not. Let's let's, let's not drift off into that because I want to keep you back on track because we're yeah um, yeah, and I'm not going to say he doesn't. I I you know sometimes when you talk to people and you have a conversation about what this means for me or my family it's different for what it means for you but let's talk about it you know some people don't want to have that conversation so honestly i don't know if he really thinks it's about the flag or if he just looks at it like oh there's just some some black people who stopping me from watching my football football game i you know i don't know okay okay i'm gonna go back when these events unfolded and your friends commented on facebook or however they commented to you about the behavior of the people downtown did Mm -hmm. they say they were black people or did they just say these people what did they say they did not say black people they said thugs thugs you know okay yep all right so they never really said where they were just blaming everybody. So what did you see down there? Did you see white? Well, you did say you saw white, black. Oh, and- yeah. But I, so the protests that were going on yesterday, I I would have to say that probably 75% of the people down there yesterday were white. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday, it was at least half and half, if not more white. Um so we can definitely see the solidarity that you know our city has mm-hmm. in trying to come together and there's so many people that's trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. and you know to stand up for what's right okay now we've had several callers uh we've talked to we've done interviews uh some of them are saying that the police response and the police behavior may have led Mm -hmm. to some of this. What do you think when you hear that? Well, I I think it's, it's absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I, I have a family member that works for the County Sheriff's department. I also have one of my best friends. That's a, um, 
a cop for the sheriff's department. Um, and, and my view is that things were peaceful. And from the videos that I saw, the police came in with force with their power and control to shut down people's voices. And my thought is that if they took a different stance with the protesters, that things would have turned out differently. Okay, but there's there's people saying, hey, once you start blocking traffic, jumping in the street and and uh, throwing things, then they have to mm -hmm. do what they have to do. So what do you say to that? I think people are angry. I think people are angry. And, and in order for change to happen, people need to be inconvenienced a little bit. And it, it, how hard would it be to reroute traffic to the next street over so that tyranny doesn't happen? People are angry because they're not being heard. Okay. All right. You have a son and a daughter who are mm -hmm. growing up in this. Your mm -hmm. husband has been feeling and seeing this for some yes. time way before you got married, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are you telling your son and daughter now when they're seeing these things? Because they're obviously talking about it. What are you telling them? Yeah, I, I, I tell them that this is history. You guys are looking at history right now occur right before your eyes. What part of history do you want to be in? Mm -hmm. And... Me, I'm a social worker, so all my life, my passion, my job has been, you know, to to make sure that everyone has an equal footing in life. My my business right now is for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. You know, they're another part of the population that um, is discriminated against. So that's my passion, and I've raised my children like that. So my daughter, you know, she she was downtown last night protesting. Mm -hmm. um, she she takes after me, and she she stands up for what's right. Mm -hmm. So, being a male black, your husband, mm -hmm. has he ever said to you? You guys may have gone out to a restaurant, you went somewhere, you went to the bank, you did something. And by the time you walked out, he say, may have said something like, did you see what just happened? Um, My, you know, I, I think this is why I have a, <laughs> a very interesting perspective on on things and and it's crazy to say but my husband who grew up southwest fort wayne went to homestead high school he left homestead to go to college and um he you know got uh how do i want to say this so the people that he had in his life um were wealthy white people who invested in him to start a business mm -hmm. okay so he has a very uh different perspective than i do on um you know i i'm inner city i 
I grew up on the south side of Fort Wayne. I, I've seen things very differently. What he saw was not so much the covert racism. It was the, you know, the outright racism, you know, the, the N-word, um, things like that. You know, he, he, he saw the, the, the very, very racist people because he was, he was the, the minority, you know, in, in his area. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because you, you put both of us together and, you know, I, I teach him things (laughs) and he teaches me things. So it's, it, it, it's weird, but it, it works, but, um, he's been pulled over and, and things like that. Uh, he has a first cousin who is high up and, in the police department and you know gives him tips on um what he needs to do he has a a gun permit so how he needs to carry it and what happens when he gets pulled over and and things like that Mm -hmm. um so so yeah it our times right now are 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 scary for someone who has uh, brown or black skin so, and 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 what what my husband sees when he's in corporate america you know driving his his tesla and, and wearing his you know his suit and and talking with his board and his investors is very different than when he puts on his sweatsuit on the weekends so so that was a long answer to my question the question is yes you guys can see things happen Oh yeah, while they're happening, and after they happen, you have a conversation about them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now it's been the the one thing that comes up a lot, and uh, you kind of hit on it when things happen, and maybe you express those feelings that happened to your son or your husband. Mm-hmm. Do you have friends who will tell you, well, either they did something wrong, or they were in the wrong place, and what did they do? Have you had that? Yes. Okay, so I have a very close friend right now who um, she's very willing to learn and listen. Mm-hmm. You know, she's invited us to her house and she's been around my my kids and my husband and just a great, great person. But when all of this stuff happened um, with George Floyd and I started posting the black lives matter movement and all of that you know the 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 questions started coming up like does racism really still exist or is this just like one one moment in time where something bad happened i mean we can all agree what he did was wrong but i mean why is everybody so angry right now Mm -hmm. and and i'm like are you serious like what you you're asking if racism still exists because to me we see it every day right to her when we sat down and had a conversation she knocked on my door this weekend because i i i wasn't getting the phone like i i'm not even black but i'm so tired of <laughs> listening 
to white people that don't get it. And um, so she, she came over. And she said, let's just talk about it. Like, I want to understand. So we talked for probably four hours. And this girl was raised in Grable. No black people at her school. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother is uh, a covert racist. Um, her husband voted for Trump. And, you know he he's not around black people so she doesn't get it and and after we talked she's like wow i'm really naive like i really didn't know these things are still happening okay it's it's yeah (laughs) so with a lot of this being said okay Mm -hmm. um you tell me and you've talked this with your husband and your family, what's mm-hmm. going to make a difference? What's going to make it different this time? It, you know, I'm hoping that this time is going to change something. But how many times do we say this one, this one is the one that's going to change things? You know, I feel the energy since George Floyd's death of people coming together and 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 saying we need change it's a different energy but at the same time is it just going to fall off you know are we going to next week is there going to be something else that comes up that we talk about so so the racism um movement gets pushed under the rug um i i really think that we need as a community to continue the conversations to continue reaching out to people who don't get it you know like the friend that i just talked to you about she called me today are they protesting today i would like to go down there with you you know that's that's a a change like okay you you want to understand this you want to see this we need more people white people to stand up and to speak out and to denounce racism and to you know talk to their white friends and family about what is really going on i think that's what's going to start because black people are tired they've they've dealt with this all their life you know they're just tired they're, they've seen it nothing has changed time after time after time why do something now you know it's the white people that need to stand up and and take this one we need to be the ones that lead this movement and to speak out and speak up okay so you don't see this, and, and there have been people saying, well, it's because they're Democrats or they're Republicans. You don't see this as a political thing. Oh, this is not political at all. This is not political at all. Racism is not political. Democrat or Republic, Republican, you know, racism is racism. And, and, and you know, I was talking with a friend of mine when – when Trump got elected, um, it, it, her and I actually cried that night. <laughs> we were, you know, we're we're female um, 
you know, we're we're feminists and we're all about the the uh, feminist movement and all of this. So we get into politics and things like that. But when we saw Trump win the election, we we cried together. And what that meant for us, because my friend is mixed and she has black children, you know, the the ones who voted for Trump, they were saying, we want lower taxes. We want to get rid of immigration. Abortion needs to be illegal. This is why we want Trump in office. And her and I said, we want our sons to come home alive. Like, that's what we're voting for, the bare basic, you know, the, the survival. That's the, the level that we were at with that election. So we know that, well, I don't want to say we know. There's a lot of people who still don't believe that our president um, is racist at all. And, you know, that's that's their viewpoint. But to me, our president needs to speak out and denounce racism and to apologize for all of the things that he has said to um black people and and to kind of further um give power to the white supremacy movement and he's not doing that so um until until that part changes you know we we got a lot of work to do but as i said there are a lot of republicans that um you know, they they don't believe in racism. I mean, so it, it's it's not political. I think it turns political this year with this president. Mm-hmm. So, have you talked to your kids about voting? Oh, all the time, all the time. In fact, I just um, I took a group of the individuals that come to my program downtown today today was the last day in fort wayne to early vote so we just left from down there but um both of my kids they're gonna vote um i i let it be known to them how important their vote is and and they definitely won't miss this one so but you're not here's a and i know someone's listening is going to say well you're telling them who to vote for let them form their own opinion are are Uh you letting them to do that Oh, most definitely. And and here, <laughs> I believe in a democratic nation. And in fact, I just took um, four individuals with disabilities down um, to the Grand Wayne Center in Fort Wayne to allow them to vote. And um, one of the girls that was with me, she can't read. So the um, person at the booth said, well, you need to sign something so you can go back with her. So she's back at the the voting um, booth and, you know, she's saying, tell me who to vote for. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. You need to make your own decision. And in fact, um, you know, we do that every, every election. I take the the people to vote and we, we are very, um, what's the word? Information, giving here so we have conversations about who's running and you know what what they stand for and my kids 
you know, they're they're pretty outspoken and vocal about the things that they think and and they're independent to vote for who they want to vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I don't tell them at all who they need to vote for. They well, they do that on their own. Okay. You've said a couple of times you've talked about your business. Are you allowed to say what the name of your business is? And uh, um, My company is called Center for Life Transitions. Okay. Is that located here in Fort Wayne? Yes, on Lake Avenue. Okay. And in a nutshell, just one more time, what, what do you do? What does that business do? So we um, we have a few different programs that we, we run. One is foster care. So we certify homes to take in adults with disabilities that need some extra help before they go out into the world on their own. Mm-hmm. And then here um, on Lake Avenue is our day center. So we have individuals come here during the day to learn life skills, learn how to budget, how to get a job, um, things like that. And then we also have services where we'll go out to their homes and um, assist them with things at their home. Okay. And again, what was the name of your business again? Center for Life Transitions. Okay. Well, I want you to get a plug in. If you're allowed to do it, go right ahead. (laughs) Hey, I don't know if I'm allowed or not, but (laughs) at this point, I mean, (laughs) it is what it is. Right, right. Okay. So we've talked a lot. And is it possible for you to sum up what you really want to get your point across? What is it you want people to know? I mean, this is a Reader's Digest moment right here. Ooh, okay. (laughs) I want people to know that what they're showing on Fox News about the Black Lives Matter movement is not the truth about the true Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter does not mean that our white brothers and sisters don't also matter. Black Lives Matter means black people matter too. So let's, you know, start to understand that and then peel back the onion and have conversations with people who are black or with people who have different perspectives. And as we dialogue, we can understand where our biases come from and our prejudice and how they lead to behaviors that then come out um, in incidents like the George Floyd movement. I think all of it is going to start with conversation. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine on the phone mm-hmm. prior to talking to you. Mm-hmm. And he himself said, do you think those conversations that we have are black people willing to listen to white people's uneasy feelings that they have? They're not racist feelings. They're just uneasy feelings. He said, do you think they're willing to understand their uneasy feelings with blacks. Do you think that's possible? Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, you know, I, 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 I think it is possible. I, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to wonder uh, what people's intentions are 
you know, when they have these conversations. So if, if and when black people sit down and listen to uh, the white people say, yes, I am afraid when I see, um, I'm more afraid when I see a black man at night than I am a white person. I mean, that, that is very hard to hear. And I think unless we're able to hear that and talk about that, you know, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make any progress, honestly, because it's the truth and the truth mm -hmm. needs to get out. Well, again, he was saying to me, and I understood exactly what he was saying. Mm -hmm. There are feelings. It's not racist feelings. It's just that not knowing feeling until they get to know you. Right. And because fear equals, um, you know, unknown. So if you aren't familiar with something, you're going to fear it. Mm -hmm. And then if you see media coverage showing certain um, types of people acting this way or doing these things, it's going to make you fear that even more. Right. Right. So I, I'm not a, a, a black person, so I, I'm not sure, but I know as a white person with, you know, a a black family that I want to hear the white people say, what is it that you're afraid of? Like, let's talk about that. Why are you more afraid to see a black person by your car at night than you are a white person? What happened in your life or what's going on for, for that to be your fear? And, you know, I, I really think those conversations need to happen. Well, exactly. I mean, he and I were having a conversation and we both mm-hmm. understood each other and we know that has to be, you've got to be willing to say what your fears are. And mm-hmm. then you may not even know that that was an inherited fear from a long right. time ago. So yes. that's, that's a conversation you have to have also. Yes. Uh, for your son, would you be willing one day to say, hey, maybe we need to go sit down and talk to be it a police chief at New Haven Police Department mm-hmm. just to talk about being pulled over and his feelings of what happens when he's pulled over. Are you willing to have that conversation? I, I am very willing to have that conversation with my son. I think it's going to take a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of conversation and and coaxing to get him open to to doing something like that i mean right now he's he has like i said a very negative view Mm -hmm. of police and he's pretty angry right and again so but i i would love to have that conversation but um you know uh, only and if the the person that we're going to talk to can admit to their self that these things are going on in their department. Like True. I think honesty needs to come from all sides. Right. Understandable. Understandable. Oh my goodness. Jessica, I like I said, we we talked real briefly before we went on the air here. 
and we had no clue what we were really going to talk about, <laughs> which you have opened up a lot of things and you've talked a lot. And I'm so happy that you did. Oh, well, now thank that, you. I appreciate you listening. Hey, no problem. Now, what I'd really like and I hope happens is that you and your family, I mean, I'm not so mm-hmm. worried about your Facebook friends because right. a lot of times those aren't real friends anyway. Okay. Exactly. And if they yeah. say they're going to delete you or not be your friend, then they were never your friend to begin with. Exactly. So, but with your family, trying to mm-hmm. fix that, to get them mm-hmm. to understand where you're coming from, what you see and why you see it the way you do. I mean, mm-hmm. that conversation is really important, I, I believe. I think so. So, yes. yeah, Facebook is there. Everybody shows their, their fun side, but everyone's struggling with something. Yep. And uh, I hope that, that actually patches things up. But I do The appreci- holidays may be a, a little different <laughs> this year. So <laughs> we'll see. But, you know, I'm, I'm very willing to to have open dialogue and open conversations Mm -hmm. because I'm one of those people. I want to hear, you know, what is in your mind and why are you thinking that? Not Mm -hmm. to, not to condemn you, but to get it out so we can talk about it. You know, that's, that's how change is going to happen. So yeah, Thanksgiving will be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgiving is Christmas. That's hard, you know. Do you right. buy that gift or not for that person oh, that you? Oh man, who, yeah. Who unfriended White you? White elephant this year. <laughs> well, Jessica, I do appreciate you being on the show and and speaking freely and uh, taking this chance. And it, it is All a right. chance because you never know what's going to happen, but you pray for the best mm-hmm. and you look for the best. And That's uh, right. thank you very much. And uh, I, I can just all I really say thank you. This will okay, be aired, no and uh, again, there's a lot of people who want to say what's going on in their minds and in their hearts, and uh, this mm-hmm. is a good place to do it, and I'm happy that you decided to do it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for doing what you do, and, and I appreciate you listening. All right. All right. Take care. And, uh, folks, okay. again, uh, we'll be taking more callers, and uh, just stay tuned to Police Pod Talk, and you'll hear the rest. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.